0: Well, alrighty, man. Um, welcome to the Dungeon Mastermind Podcast. Uh, this is a podcast dedicated to teaching folks how to play Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition, um, introduce people to new, cool people, um, and teach you how to play the game in a more interesting way or for the first time um, and incorporate some of those game mechanics into your real life. Um, I am Jake Packham. Um, and I have been playing Dungeons and Dragons now for a fair bit of time, and it has completely consumed my life. Um, <laughs> today, I have a super cool dude on with me. His name is Bennett. Um, Bennett, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, well, thanks for having me first and foremost. Um, but yeah, name is Bennett Chu, and I have done a couple of things, I guess, here in Utah, um, mostly through Evermore Park, um, but I was classically trained first and foremost in opera technique, so I'm classically trained baritone, uh, but of course, I have an insatiable hunger and love for Dungeons and Dragons as well, so I'm happy to be here and can't wait to get into it. <laughs>
0: yeah, man. Um, so I guess, how often does your opera training come in play when you're playing Dungeons and Dragons?
1: You know, honestly, more often than I thought. (laughs) It's just, you know, you you wouldn't think about like how being able to sing opera would be able to help play Dungeons and Dragons. But uh, especially when I'm DMing and I'm doing different voices all the time. For sure. Yeah, it totally helps just to know like what my voice is capable of, what's healthy for it. And by the end of the night, and the next day you know i don't have to worry about having no voice so
0: yeah it comes in handy (laughs) good man good um well folks we are talking about the charisma modifier um we have covered a couple of different modifiers now up to this point um and charisma is one of the base stats for your player um it directly ties to a couple different skills, um, particularly being persuasion, deception, and intimidation. Uh, am I missing anything on that? Let's see. Do you say performance? No, I did not. And performance. There you go. An absolutely critical um, and underutilized uh, skill check. If I'm being absolutely. Honest. Um, maybe we'll come up with some interesting ways to use performance. Um, (laughs) we are going to be playing a little encounter with a character that Bennett played, um, for Evermore's live stream. Um, if you're not familiar with Evermore, it's a pretty cool park. Uh, it's in American Fork, Utah. Um, and it's like a fantasy setting. And there was recently this huge event called the Convergence uh where crap ton of like all these fantasy influencers got together and uh did cool nerdy stuff. Um and Bennett was playing a character. Uh tell us a little bit about your character, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh in this setting it was very like grim dark Victorian and so I wanted to try and lean into that by making an Oath of Vengeance Paladin um, with a little bit of a twist, because originally, you know, when you think Paladin, it's like a hulking mass of metal, like gleaming armor, ready to punch things, smite things, you know, very smitey boys. But uh, in this case, of course, he's got the smites, but he's a dex build. so. He has more of like a thief background, it's More relies on stealth, tricks, and deception, right? So I made it up to be kind of like his perfect little kind of like rogue-based yeah. paladin. Like a little yeah. bit of a twist on it,
0: yeah. love it. Uh, honestly, two best uh, classes in D&D 5e, if I'm being honest. For real, for real. Uh, paladin <laughs> and rogue. Um, I would probably put warlock in there, um, mm. but those two, and, and including sorcerers, um, paladins, warlocks, and sorcerers rely on their spellcasting modifier to be
1: charisma, charisma. <laughs>
0: um, which is interesting, man, um, and maybe we'll, we'll dive into this uh, in, a, in a second, but I would love to dive into why does a paladin, why does their power come from charisma? Super mm-hmm. interesting. Um, But we are going to dive in to the encounter. Um, Your character, Leander, um, has just... And and by the way, we're going to link the uh, show in the show notes so that you can go and watch uh, what happened at the magical hands of Dax Levine um, as he led Mm -hmm. these... uh, How would you even describe yourselves as a party? Um, Uh, Well,
1: I think just like a a ragtag group of no question. criminals, yeah. you know? <laughs> like... Yeah.
0: Ragtag as it gets. Uh, mm. Patchwork. Shout out Nero. Um, yeah, on there. Um, <laughs> yeah. They, they, there was a, 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 some happenings down in a manor um, seeking a magical book. Um, and your vengeance was seeking revenge for a fallen tryst. Um, uh, a poor maiden, less of a maiden and more of a uh, badass, and uh, <laughs> she is no more. May she rest in peace. Yep. Um, R.I.P. Elra. R.I.P. Elra. Just <laughs> um, <laughs> keep her close, you know. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um,
0: it happened, right? You, you yeah. got your vengeance. Um, and your patron for lack of better term um, has required a recounting of your act of vengeance. Um, part of your oath is that you are bound to seek vengeance um, and you are granted this power, this, this mighty power um, as a means to enact your vengeance um, in a, in agreement with your deity. Right. Right. In this case, the deity is Mendaxus. Um Splitting from the party after the events at Marcos Manor, um, you took off on your own. Um, you're out camping in the wilderness, hiking toward this destination that you have never been to physically, but you have seen in your mind. Um, a place that is uh, a pole, um, not something that is a physical destination in your mind, but more of a feeling. Um until it becomes a physical destination one night. Um you wake up once again sweating. Um you have not been sleeping well since the events. Um obviously there was, you know, some pretty dark and twisted stuff that you saw and were, you know, trying to prevent in Marcos manner. Um and that has weighed heavily on your mind, especially having the finality of elra's death being confirmed right um seeing her head and then her body um (laughs) separately
1: unfortunately
0: (laughs) um and uh yeah um you you wake up covered in sweat you're obviously not wearing your head your your armor because only psychopaths sleep in their armor um (laughs) and you reckon it's probably close to sunrise, though it is still very dark out. Um, making your way out of your tiny camp of just yourself in this little, you know, ramshackle tent, um, you move toward a cave. Um, and it's actually less of a cave and more of a pit. Um, there is a covered mouth to it, but it descends directly downward um this is referred to as the maw of Mandaxis. um it is a gigantic hole in the earth um, about 40 feet in diameter um and it descends into absolute jet black void beyond what you would be reasonably able to see beyond um so as you stand knowing that you are pulled downward into this by some extra planar force um give me as you're looking down a constitution saving throw. okay
1: let's get into it
0: let's see
2: Ooh.
1: <laughs> not doing too great for the first roll but that's all right Okay, let's see here. Where's my con at? All right. <laughs> oh God. That's an eleven. <laughs> an eleven.
0: Uh for the first time, I don't know if you've experienced this, but like this is like a reverse fear of heights. Um, where you are at the the top but like you also feel like you're at the bottom Um, almost when you, you stand in front of a a skyscraper and you feel like it's falling on top of you. If you look up too long, that's kind of that feeling that you're getting and you become dizzy and almost nauseous, not from any magical source, but just like a a, a physical realization that you are standing over a pit that is infinitely deep Um, and make another, make a wisdom saving throw.
2: Okay, okay, okay.
1: Let's see what we got here. Probably do a different dice. Maybe I'll do a little bit better. All right, yeah, that is. Oh, and I'm proficient in wisdom save throws. Let's go. All right, I think I'm still plus two at this level. So looking at nineteen.
0: All right, that is much better. Um, yeah, <laughs> you're able to heal yourself, um, and you you again feel the tug in your chest. This time, stronger, um, as it is beckoning you downward, um, and you feel a, a need to jump. I uh, I go right in then. Absolutely, you do. Uh, give me uh, <laughs> an acrobatics check to see the finesse of your descent.
1: Let's do it. That's a fifteen.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it isn't, uh, like a professional diver. Um, and you're falling for long enough to realize that like you, you could move your body around as you're descending. Um, and then you have another thought of I'm still falling. Um, and once again, like, Oh my gosh, I have thought now three different times in this descent that I am still falling. (laughs) Um, And as soon as that third thought comes across your mind, you hit water, a a body of water below you. Um, I'm going to need, uh, what is your armor class? Uh, 18. 18. I'm going to need a DC 18 athletics check to see if you can swim in your armor.
1: Oh, snap. Okay, okay. Oh, that totally missed the board. All right different different dice let's go <laughs> that's a nat one. Oh nat no one.
0: oh no oh do you have dark vision
1: as a variant human no <laughs> i don't
0: so you have fallen for a long time um and hit the water semi gracefully right like you didn't belly flop onto the water um but now you're drowning um, you are struggling to swim upwards to break surface and now need to hold your breath. Um, you can see maybe five feet around you and then all of a sudden your vision starts to come to you. Um, there is a, a, a glowing ambient light that is coming from within this well of water down here. Um, Hues of green and blue and yellow start to kind of almost erupt out of the the ground around you, illuminating this well, right? This almost oasis. Um, The water is crystal clear, a cerulean blue, and you'd only know this because of the lights coming through um give me one more athletics check to see if you can swim all right yeah no that's a 12 all right would you have have made it if it was acrobatics
1: um barely not it was a 17 if it was okay
0: um we'll say that like even though like you're not breaking water you're making a little bit more progress now um okay. give me a perception check while you're down here Stream Straight-
1: sure. and
0: that's 20 nat 20 um as you are swimming you notice that the lights are moving Um, you can see that they're coming from rocks, um, that like these rocks have a, almost a a bioluminescence to them, um, where they just naturally give off a, a glowing light and the lights are moving toward you. Hmm. All right.
1: I might... Do a pull a divine sense if I can. Okay. Underneath the water.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, give me a, a Constitution check, not a saving throw. So just roll this, and if you're proficient in Constitution, you can add that. Um, but just your Constitution modifier.
1: All right. Word. Looks like that's a twelve.
0: Okay. Um, so you would you would have a, at least a, a, a decent. Intuition that you're, you're able to hold your breath, um, for a decent amount of time down here. Like you're not in any danger of like drowning right this very second. We're effectively working in, um, like a, an initiative order, right. Where time is pretty moving pretty quickly for you. Um, Mm -hmm. But this is like the the stones are moving toward your location um, and they start to pick up a little bit of pace. You flash your divine sense and it is especially potent near the maw or I guess within the maw of Mandaxis, who grants you the ability to cast this divine sense. Um, And you get sickening infernal uh, intuition from these rocks.
1: Mm, interesting. Um, I guess I'll try my best to keep swimming towards Vendax okay.
0: <laughs> without being give me, spotted. Give me one more athletics check and we'll call it with advantage. Um, mostly because you're afraid of your life for your life right now.
1: All right. D- don't embarrass me. Okay. Done. But don't embarrass me. Oh, hey. All right. That looks much happier. We're looking at a dirty twenty.
0: There we are. Um, <laughs> you, you Break the surface, finally catching air, um, and the lights start to disseminate um, back into the well. Um, and the 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 cavern that you are now in is dark. Um, swimming in the only direction that there is Um, this cavern continues in a, you know, semi Northward direction and it breaches into black sand, uh, a beach and you see veins of these same stones um, lining the hallway, leading you toward a chamber that you can kind of see in the distance. Um, It smells very clean down here um, for a dank cave um, that smell is odd um, and it but it is wet in here you can you can feel the droplets of water you know hitting your nose and hitting the the plates of your armor um, you know with a little pink pink ping, ping, and then the plinks get very rhythmic um, are you moving toward the open cavern ahead of you
1: cautiously but yes. Oh yeah. Could I sneak in?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Give me a stealth check.
1: Let's go. Oh, that was totally notched. Ugh, my goodness. We are looking at a 12.
0: All right. Um is pretty low on this because it, it is sand, and so sand can kind of muffle your, your footprints anyway. Um, but you're you're gonna be moving at about roughly half pace if you're walking stealthily, right? Um and and in, in moving like this. Um you feel relatively hidden, um, but you also at the same time within your mind feel seen in a different way. Uh not physically, but an awareness of your presence. Um and in moving forward, the plinks on your armor from the dripping water within the cave get more and more rhythmic. Forming a hum. Um, I need one more wisdom saving throw. Uh, Just kidding. Charisma saving throw.
1: Charisma. All right. All right. We're looking at a 15.
2: All right. You just barely pass. You you (laughs) feel um, a
0: paralysis-like effect come over you as the rhythm of the water plinking on your armor almost clouds your entire mind um and you steal yourself yet again your mind and your willpower um you're you're able to push that away um and you see before you this gigantic chamber give me another perception check
2: all right
1: Ooh. all right we got a 16
0: all right Yeah, this cavern is massive um, and it is barren. Uh, The walls, again, are lined with the same veining of these glowing rocks um, lines of blue glowing rocks and veins of green and yellows um, converging into this uh, nexus point at the back of this cavern. Uh, The cavern is of rough hewn stone clearly made by a person and not naturally formed um the cavern is probably a hundred feet in height so it has a massive vaulted ceiling um and i imagine that as part of stealthing you're not entering into the the cavern
1: right right yeah
0: um, sneaking our way <laughs> within and like hiding in the shadows of this the mouth of this entrance um you can see a throne um made at the base of this nexus point of the glowing rock um a throne of glowing blues and greens and yellows um <clears throat> and on the throne is a beautiful for no other descriptive words, a a beautiful man, um, pale complexion, long, perfectly stark white hair, um, a, a long sleeved white linen shirt, uh, with one of those, you know, strings up on the clavicle, um, gray leather riding pants, and jet black, perfectly unblemished, um, knee-high leather riding boots um like this is a very elegantly dressed and very purposefully dressed individual um and this person uh looks exactly where you are um and addresses you saying
2: ah leander my champion my hateful anger-filled and reckless champion. You have answered my summons like the good dog you are. You have answered and here I am. I am sorry for what happened to your lady love. Please tell me how you used my power to exact your vengeance.
1: Uh, Leander still kind of crouched, not unsure of what's going on. I guess stands up. And realizing that he's finally witnessing his God in like a a human form walks forward, uh, with a sense of astonishment almost, because he hasn't really seen Mendax as anything but like a, a flurry of eyes and wings, right? Right. Um, and he stutters, and but what ends up coming out, he goes, "I, I, I suppose I used." your powers to once again kill her as she was what was trying to kill me.
2: (laughs) Ah, that is delicious. I wish to grant my hound additional power. What say you?
1: I, I'm not sure if I understand. I, the, the, the deed is been done. I, I don't know if I can, can continue doing this.
2: Naturally, uh, I must ask that you do something for me. Uh, I have granted you, my pooch, this ability to wield my power in your own name. And now you must wield it in mine. I, unfortunately, am blind beyond this God's forsaken pit and cannot see how my puppies deliver my word to the world. Unfortunately, I am bound by your own deliverance. You must account to me in as delicious detail as possible. What you have done with my gifts.
1: Well, I suppose. When I finally found out who killed Elra, I went almost into a blind rage, but your strength and this sword was able to kill all of them. It was able to put them all to a stop. What I didn't anticipate was how hollow I'm left. Beautiful.
2: It is as it should be. My my power is great and can make yours greater. However, it comes at a cost, as all good things do. Now, in order to earn your (laughs) kibble, I unfortunately have a servant who might have caused an incredible deed by my name and by my own power, but the poor dog needs chastisement. Punish him cut him down and his power, my power will be yours I am at your command that is right he gestures backward
0: and um, shrouded in this, this black mist um, give, me a, give me an insight check hmm
1: <laughs> uh, I'm not even going to add the mod. That was a, just three on its own. So, <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, I mean, this is Mandaxis, man. Like you are, you're in front of God, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is intense. Um, but there's a, there's a, there is a, a, a human side to this that is unsettling. Um, and we'll, we'll kind of leave it at that. And, uh, from behind the throne walks
2: once again,
0: Elra, um, uh, disgusting stitches around her neck, uh, very shoddily performed surgery to connect her body again. And, um,
2: Mendaxis, uh, says to you my warlock has failed fortunately you were able to pick up where she left off but that does not equate to a job well done and does not mean that she does not deserve to be punished for falling short You you,
1: you mean Elra? No, no, she was a knight. She was noble.
2: All knights do not equate to nobility because you have a, a sire behind your name. does not equate to needing additional power. She sought me the same as you.
1: I, I I don't know why she never told me.
2: Well, I don't suppose she had much time, did she?
1: He grits his teeth a little bit. What do you What are you trying to ask of me?
2: Cut her down. Why? Because I love it.
1: She's already died twice. I don't feel like a third time's going to fix anything.
2: Nothing is to be fixed. There is nothing to fix. The deed is done. My her vengeance was sought and fell flat. Your vengeance was sought and redeemed in such delicious destruction. And as he
0: is describing um the his understanding of the situation. And um, you can feel that he is just like l- losing it. Give me one more insight. Hmm. Oh
1: snap. This is crazy.
0: <laughs>
1: and I mean, crazy rolls seven,
0: <laughs> seven, man. Um,
1: this is just a little baby guy. I mean, actually his wisdom is like his dump stat. So <laughs> he's not supposed to, he's a blind follower.
0: Well, and blind he is Um, until the light in the room um, begins to change. And Mendaxus, give me a perception check. Yeah.
1: Ooh. All right. We're looking at 18.
0: All right. Much better. Um, You can see that this human version of Mendaxus is a projection. That there is something from within the wall puppeting this image that's before you and puppeting even Elra.
1: Oh wow. Do I like do I see?
0: You can see like spectral strings, like puppeteer strings, um, like marionette, like someone. Is manipulating this, and you can see the strings. Only um, they're they are sourceless. They're not going in any one specific direction, but they are just kind of coming from around uh, a full three hundred and sixty marionette. Oh, Hmm.
1: Discreetly, I'll use divine sense again.
2: Yeah,
0: super fiendish, pal. Yeah, there I know. Ounce <laughs> of divinity in this room and now you feel it from yourself wow you you have been blind to your own divine sense that anytime you have cast divine sense to see celestial fiend or undead um that you you've just assumed that you are none of the three and just gone about your day but you know that this power that you have been wielding is of fiendish nature. I think he falls to his knees. <laughs> what thoughts? What thoughts are going through your mind? At
1: he this? he's astonished. Um, it, he looks up at Mendaxas, uh, at least what he th- thinks is Mendaxis, and goes. You told me you were a god of good. You told me that these powers would grant me the strength to bring justice.
2: And did you not?
1: Leander looks defeated.
2: Good is arbitrary. Justice is not objective. The image that i have allowed you to have of me is one cultivated cultured curated designed to help you achieve what you have deemed as good and just
0: so you cannot be mad at me when i asked that you
2: do what i think is good and just and right, and what if I say no? Ah, <sighs> little pup, I will devour your soul.
1: Ooh,
0: snap! And uh, <laughs> that is Dungeons and Dragons, folks. Um, right, theater of the mind.
2: <laughs> Gods, they can be such individuals. Um,
0: ah, man, I love the idea that the, a plurality of gods, a pantheon of gods, um, is a thing in, in nearly all Dungeons and Dragons because it allows for. Uh, I am a very religious person myself, um, and my personal beliefs are that I believe that there is one God. Um, and. Dungeons and Dragons has multiple gods. And so it's interesting to take my background and kind of um, try and see it in a different light. And uh, that's exciting for me. And that's the same case with just about every aspect of D&D. Yeah. So while we didn't do a whole lot of truly charismatic things uh, in this <laughs> encounter, um, we're going to talk about it anyway yeah let's get into it (laughs) it's what we want right we can do whatever the heck we want um charisma what is charisma to you ben
1: well uh in the scheme of dungeons and dragons it's basically how well you are able to talk to people it's your it's your people people skills right um what I imagine is obviously the first thing that comes to mind for most people. is like the charlatan, the smooth talker. But also what I really think is awesome is um, like the leaders, the Aragorns. Yes. They're all high charisma because they're able to lead a charge. They can become a face of a party. So that's what I think charisma people kind of forget about is that most people think it's just a try and persuade, try and make people uh, try and get away with some crazy shenanigans, but yeah. it can also be used to bolster the party. It could be used to rally a crowd. So yeah.
0: I love that. Um, I, that's honestly one of my biggest pet peeves. My ultimate biggest pet peeve is the stupid stereotype that bards are like these s- Sex mongers,
2: you know, yeah. <laughs> like, like,
0: shout out to uh, we geek together in uh, the Provo Mall. They have a sign that's like, Keep everything PG 13, we're trying to slay the dragon, not lay the dragon. Like, yes, yeah, oh, I hey, love those guys, you know, <laughs> but it's like, that's charisma, man. Like, I persuade the dragon to lay with me, and you're like, That's
2: not, <laughs> man, that thing, man.
0: Like, interesting. Um, Cause yeah, absolutely. Like, is it you know in a game mechanics like the skill check of persuasion, the skill check of intimidation and deception, and also performance. Shout out um, <laughs> the but but it's more than that, right? Like it is leadership. It is um, like the ability to I don't know, man. Like one of the definitions in the player's handbook is your ability to impose your will on the world. Um, And I super hate that. Like super dislike that. Um, Mm -hmm. Because like when you think of a truly charismatic person, um, at least when I think of a a truly charismatic person, I think of somebody worth talking to. Right. Somebody who can have a true conversation that listens, that provides worthwhile conversation and adds to what I have to say. Um, and not somebody who just imposes their will on the world. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. Cause you, you obviously were, you had some interesting points on like persuasion specifically. Um, like what, what comes to your mind with positive persuasion? Well, um, For me,
1: the instant thing that comes to my mind when I think of positive persuasion would be trying to, like, recruit the old veteran to come back and help join the war. Or, like, there's different interactions. Or, like, even having people side with your cause um, as a party. You know, like, if you're facing a necromancer and the, like, ancient wizard who is like almost achieving Godhood refuses to help you guys because he's terrified of what other people are capable of. And then you can persuade him to be able to share some of his knowledge. There's so many different ways. Um, and it's a great narrative device. Um, so you can keep telling awesome stories through Dungeons and Dragons.
0: Yeah. Um, Cause you are in real life, like an actual barred right you're a, a, train, a, a trained <laughs> vocalist and musician um and like that requires a an ability to have stage presence right the ability to uh you know perform and keep a crowd in the palm of your hand um with your own skill right um like what what was your training in regards to your your performance? abilities because right there's there's a training for like I can sing really well I can hit the notes correctly I can have proper tonality when I'm singing and then there is I'm a performer right right what did that training look like for you it's
1: something honestly that is so difficult to train because it's a sense of like being genuine. That is something that will always bring interest to someone on stage. Always. To be in the moment, to believe you are the character on that stage um, is what truly captivates an audience. So it's hard to be able to like train it, you know? Yeah. Um, and especially through opera i feel like that's something that can separate um i I heard it time and time again there's like this sense of being a good technician where you hit every note like you're saying and all the dynamics are perfect so you get everything right but then there's also that sense of humanity and what makes it art what makes it high art um and that is something that is it's almost as if some people have it and some people don't because you have to be so in tune with yourself to be able to deliver a performance like that.
0: Yeah. I love that. Um, Obviously with like a a pretty diverse performance background, like what is a, a character or a role or even a, a piece that you have performed that you felt that humanity aspect click for you. There
1: is a beautiful art song by Gustav Mahler from his Rukit Lieder song cycle called Ich bin Devout Welt gekommen," which means that I am left abandoned to the world. And the entire song is this well, this person singing is the narrator as they narrate themselves experiencing death, Mm -hmm. ego death, um, an ending of everything, as then they are teleported to a new world where it is their own heaven. um, To kind of hash the translation, it's like close to um, the end of the song uh, basically goes um yes I am left abandoned to, by the world I am left alone in my song in my love in my music mm. and so for me performing that I was able to perform it actually in Germany which was so cool oh, yeah Yeah, so sick and like that morning you know I I woke up and I had the intention of I want to be as genuine as possible to deliver this song because I feel like it just needs like a day's preparation just mentally to be able to give the um, give the lyrics justice and so I spent literally entire day by myself um just contemplating uh where i stayed in germany it was like this small town called kiefersfeld and uh there was like a fresh spring river that i could just sit in and there was like this perfect little bank where it was like a waterfall where i just felt it on my shoulders and i just thought about the lyrics and then that night it came to the performance and that was by far the most like in my body in the moment that i've ever felt
0: incredible yeah
1: it was really it was a really cool experience i hope i can do it again but it's hard yeah. to replicate that <laughs> yeah oh
0: man that's so great though um man that sounds awesome i i think you are hitting on something truly incredible for the human experience um, outside of Dungeons and Dragons that like we miss out on a lot with our digital era, right? We are now in the digital age um, of our world. And like, not once did you talk about, you know, I looked something up on Google or I FaceTimed my mom, uh, which are like all good things, right? Like they're all, you know, they could have maybe contributed to that, but like they were all getting in touch with the you, right? Getting in touch with the Ben that is singing this song. Like, how can I relate to this narrator and internalize that emotion? Um, and I think that is what's, shoot man if we could all do that like on a regular basis not every day I think every day that could get like pretty that'd probably
1: be exhausting yeah Yeah.
0: like you would you'd get nothing done and you would just I don't know you you'd wear start wearing like black turtlenecks in a beret all the time and just you know snap your fingers a lot um
1: I was also thinking, possibly, you know, like togas, and we're out in our sandals, and we're like, yeah, exactly. oh, why, yeah, why yes, Plato? <laughs> yeah,
0: over the over the the turtleneck. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. It's still moody AF. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> fascinating man i like i wish that was something that could be experienced through somebody else but i think there's also a reason to that you that that you can't right um and that it it needs to be internalized but good art should open the door for you to feel that absolutely Um, and to kind of tie that back into like game mechanics aspect and like playing with your life Mm -hmm. um like that, the human aspect of it, the internalization and the emotion, um, I think would very directly correlate with sales, right? Like mm-hmm. when you think of like the classic here in Utah, we got the Vivint bros, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. the door-to-door salesmen who like are just sleazeballs, right? And, mm-hmm. and if you're not, good for you, right? but exactly appreciate it (laughs) is uh you know pretty strong um and and like the reason is they can be persuasive they know the skill of persuasion right the art of persuasion is an understanding and wanting to relate to your customer right (laughs) like because people want to buy but they hate being sold Right? right. And like a truly good sales transaction would feel like I am purchasing some from somebody who has a service or wares for me to buy, not somebody who is shoving something down my throat and saying the right things. Right. Right. Um, so like, how do we, how do we get in touch with that man? Like what's, what's the, what's the secret sauce? How do we, cause I mean, I, Personally, like, I, I know I would love to be more in tune like that with myself and with other people. Um, but like, what, what do we do? How do we do that? Yeah, I
1: think pff, that I'm on the same mission, man. <laughs> like,
0: find a creek in Germany is that the answer? It, right,
1: exactly. Maybe there's something in that hexy lake water, man, that just yeah. like <laughs> did something to me, something just clicked in my brain. Yeah, I no, <laughs> like, I don't
0: doubt it. Yeah, yeah live with the sound of music out there, man.
1: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And all the little gnomes out there too, exactly. putting their little spells in the water. Absolutely. Yeah. Like there, there's some crazy stuff. <laughs> but you know, I think it is just. Uh, I it, it's just like a a combination of so many things. I think you know. Um, it could be your. Objective in life, like what you want to achieve. You know, I feel like that's something that immediately draws attention to people. You know, if, if you're trying to attract a crowd, is like you start with your goal. You start with, like, hey, I'm another human too, but this is my mission. Um, and then I don't know, I, it could be so many things. For me, a big one is like Memento Mori. Know, remember death. Mm -hmm. Um, My parents married much. This is so TMI. Well, I'll make it brief. But like, my parents married much later in life, so a lot of my family has passed away because of it. And it's put into perspective, though, for me, like how short, but how meaningful life can be. Because even though I was eight years old when I lost my grandfather, I love him to this day, and. It turned out later in life that he was never he wasn't always the perfect grandfather. He he suffered from alcoholism and all that before I came along. But he changed everything because of me and my brother. And so moments like that is just like. To like to be witnessing it from like knowing now what it was like back then. Like that hindsight, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Um, You can learn so much from that,
0: you know. Right. Um, But like a almost like a a tether to both worlds, right? Like an anchor in the past for the hindsight, remembering how you got here, uh, who's supporting you, what they've gone through to get you here, but then also the anchoring to the objective, right? Right. Like having a, a firm grasp of your vision and what you want to accomplish. Those two, I feel like are pretty solid anchor points for you know, the recipe of a decent life where if you have a good vision of what you want to accomplish, where you want to go, who you want to be doing that with and how you got to this point to begin with. um, Wow, man. I think that that's incredibly profound. I think that there's something. um, Yeah, I really like that.
1: Yeah, (laughs) appreciate
0: it. Um, but yeah, I guess
1: to turn it all to D&D <laughs> to, to to put all of this philosophy Into Absolutely. little numbers Little silly numbers on a piece of paper
2: Absolutely.
1: Um, When You create these characters um, That have high charisma It can facilitate in so many different ways It can facilitate like what we're talking about, where they are just innately powerful. Not that they are like strong physically, but like that they are commanding. Um, and that can be done like either through persuasion, like we were mentioning before, where either they could be like they could be the vivid salesman that comes to the door and like, you know, just does their spiel or they could be. Aragorn, and they could like rally r- the riders to fight the orcs, like the uh, the rurikai. You know, like it's just there's so many different things, and I feel like that's why charisma is almost like the most important stat in a way because it's the secret. Like you're saying before, it is the secret sauce to D d It's what makes the game so amazing. It's like it's the most human thing that we can do sure we can slay the dragon sure we can blast magical fireballs but at the end of the day we aren't physically capable of doing said things it's the realm of fantasy but charisma is i feel like <laughs> i feel like it's the way that people sneak the vitamins into like yeah the food where yeah. you can face uh like real realistic problems in Dungeons and Dragons through charisma checks
0: right through Almost abilities like a, yeah yeah a role play
1: right, <laughs> right. Like,
0: yeah absolutely man like um yeah like because it's in the it's in the role play it's in the conversations that you have with the barkeep with your party members when someone has fallen in combat like the combat can be interesting and and yeah of course like that's why a lot of people play dungeons and dragons because they want to deal the killing blow but the the killing blow and like Fighting off an entire band of orcs or um, drowning a goblin in a river like that's like that's murder hobo stuff. And not that doesn't make you a better person. It might be, you know, enjoyable a little bit, but like there's Grand Theft Auto for that. Um,
2: Exactly. There's other
0: games.
1: You can play Witcher, you
0: know, like (laughs) if you want to go kick a chicken, go do that in Skyrim and then see what happens there. Um, Exactly. (laughs) and, And instead we talk. We role play, we play pretend with people that we know outside of this world um, who have their own opinions and their own, you know, baggage that they're bringing to the table. And in talking as, you know, Glizzard the Blizzard Wizard, you are, you know, able to, to say things differently to somebody that might mean the same But you're able to say it in a way that has a little bit of a barrier of anonymity without losing the human, without losing the genuine approach to that communication. Um, And so, this is honestly just a plug to freaking play D and D, guys. Yeah, Um, do it. (laughs) It it's so great, Um, and the the conversations had can be worth having um, in a way that is harder to do outside of real life um, or outside of the the game rather. Um, yeah, man, holy smokes. I'm going to want to listen back on this and uh, book a flight to Germany to find a little <laughs> Revelation river um, right. to be- become a better man. Um, man. Oh man. So first of all, you and I, we need to get together and we need to play. Uh, for real second of all how do we support you man how do we like where can we find you how do we you know support what you're doing um because that's what we want to do absolutely yeah well uh thankfully i lucked out and i have the same handle over
1: all platforms it is the ben chewy t-h-e-b-e-n-c-h-e-w-y and i am on instagram tiktok youtube all over the place i'm super not involved on youtube but i'm hopefully changing that in the future um you can the mostly like what i frequent is like tiktok and instagram for now um but yeah i just post cosplay stuff i post larp stuff D, obviously um and a little bit of voice acting here and there so yeah yeah where bad.
0: can we find your opera man like that's <laughs>
1: yeah uh, i work for utah opera most of the time um hopefully i'll be there for their upcoming season so if you want to check out utahopera.com uh you can see they have some awesome operas coming up like la Boheme, which is one of my favorites uh the de figaro which is also great um it's a it's pretty banging it's a pretty banging set that they got for the next yeah. season so i'm pretty excited
0: um yeah, because I've, I've never been to opera. My only experience with opera is uh, Batman movies. Uh, <laughs> oh, word. Play. Right. So fascinating. Well, I have to get my <laughs> wife and we'll we'll go hit that up. Um, Absolutely. man. thanks so much for coming on, man. Like, oh, thank you. Yeah. This has been a very enlightening conversation. Um, I feel the need to go out and connect with, on a deeper level. Um, And hopefully you guys get the same out of this because hopefully I'll be a better person after this conversation. Um, We all hope that, right? Go connect with people. Okay. Yeah. Um, Be inspired. Go go walk the streets and give somebody a genuine compliment. Um, Not just say, Hey man, sick Jordans because they might be, but that isn't him. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, they are more than just a sick pair of Jordans. Okay. Go out and be genuine and say something nice about yourself. How about that? That's the actual homework. Say something genuine about yourself that you really like. Um, and I like that I have met Bennett and that he's a good dude. Um, folks, thank you so much for tuning in dungeon mastermind podcast. Uh, check us out, follow us, um, follow Ben and, uh, Let's get better together, y'all.
1: Yeah. See you guys.